Thursday at noon on 88.5 WHBK, and you just heard a soulful instrumental. So that means it is time for Ergo Radio. What's up, people? I'm Damon. I'm Kiss. It's so good to be here. It's been a heck of a morning, but we're here. We're ready to go. We have a very special guest here on Ergo. What we do is showcasing strong young voices from Chicago and beyond writers, organizers, rappers, singers, musicians, comedians. Just the rawest of the raw, the coolest of the cool, the best of the best. And uh, I like to think we're getting pretty good at it. Yeah, man, we, we all right. We um, <laughs> one thing we, I think we do pretty well, I'm, feel, I'm feeling pretty good today, is uh, community announcements. You got anything up top, Dame? Uh, nah, man, y'all got Google and Facebook. Y'all know what's not. I'm just playing. I think, <laughs> I think today you probably know more of the details. I know uh, Malcolm London and No Name are doing... Um, some uh, an event about violence today on 53rd right yeah yeah you go okay work it's a part of this like wear orange stop gun violence campaign i don't know much about that but i do know the event uh is no name and malcolm malcolm's hosting and it's no name and malik youssef performing true and it's free and it's from two to four on 53rd and lake park shout out malik youssef we should get him up here absolutely uh so that's one let's see what else we got we have um this is not technically affiliated but i think it's cool anyway you know we talk about a lot of books up here and i'm trying to actually like read some of them so if you're curious to find a little bit of the theory to get it so there's a chicago radical used book fair this saturday uh books are really cheap it's at in these times which is 2040 north milwaukee um you know get that theory so that you actually know what you're talking about you don't have to pretend like i do sometimes on <laughs> the other one we plugged this the last couple of weeks we're going to keep plugging it uh, we're doing our second We Go Chicago Showcase and Celebration on June 17th. It's going to be an amazing roster of past Ergo guest performers, visual artists, community organizations, tabling, food, drink, free, all ages at the Silver Room on 53rd. And it starts like 7.30 is going to be doors. So come through that. You can find the info on Facebook. Find it on our Twitter at Ergo Radio. Uh, and it's going to be really, really good. So bring your friends. If you tweet us and promise me that you will bring three friends, I will give you a free copy of the Wego Volume 2 mixtape. Oh, wow. Look at that. I didn't even plan that promotion. Oh, that just wow. came out. Big things. So now that we've gotten the promo out the way, Dame, you want to introduce the guest? Yeah, man. I'm super excited to have the homie here today. Uh, one of just like the, the dopest people in the city. Whenever they are in a room, <laughs> the room is definitely different and more turned up. Uh, uh, amazing organizer, a great artist, and just somebody I like to call a friend. Tweak is in the building. What up, Tweak? Hey, yo, 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 man. Y'all give me too much. I give me too much, man. <laughs> I appreciate the love, yo. First things first, as, as always, when we're in this situation, just for clarification, you, in fact, are not Joey Perps. No, I am not. Okay. All right. I we just am not get Joey Perps. We just want to get that also clear. He's dope, clear dope for the as people. hell, but I'm not Joey Perps. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I think the first thing is we just have to thank you for rushing in and literally, sure. well, not literally say our life but in radio terms saving our life i appreciate you <laughs> one of well. the one of the cool things about doing this show where we do it is that it feels like there's always someone perfect for the show like within a mile and a half two, two miles, miles. so it's beautiful to have you here um thank you i appreciate you for having me here. so I, I saw you do uh a performance this was kind of the 
the jump off point where I was like, and Damon and I both looked at each other like, man, we have to, we've been talking about having you up for a while, but that was like, all right, we got to make this happen now. Um, so you do your thing at the Ain't No Mothership expedition of She Show yeah. a couple weeks ago, um, which I, we talked about a little bit on here before it happened, but it was, I feel like it was a pretty special room. Um, for you, like, what did that room feel like? Could you give a little description of like what that was? Well, uh, for one, um, Kyra Lee Connors, um, yeah, is a real good fr friend of mine. And we, we knew the turnout was going to be, you know what I'm saying, decent, but we did not expect a super, super, super packed house like that. I kept looking at her like, yo, like, <laughs> we should have probably picked a, a bigger <laughs> venue, you know? I'm like, everybody named mom, my, my mom and my grandma was there, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that, that time, it, it was really special for me because... Um, that was like my probably my second or third time performing, but my first performance that my mom, my sisters, mm. and my grandma ever came out to. So it's dope. The crowd reacted crazy. I mean, they showed me so much love, and it was new material. Though real talk, a lot of people know about it, but they showed me love. The other two songs I did, they went crazy. And at the end, the chant of my name, I was just there like, <laughs> like, what do I do at this point? I'm like, come on, I'm gonna say my name too, you know? <laughs> so it was love, and just being in there was so much, the yeah, definitely. Right, and so just being in that room with everybody, all my friends and family, and the love, Black Joy, just uplifting me and the uplifting of the artists, because there was some dope artists there. It was it was not the beloved kind of act for a better night. Yeah, you took this like poetry ass room and you turned <laughs> it like all the way up, like it went crazy at the end. Yeah, there. yeah, it's kind of a little bit of what I do. It's a little bit of what I do. <laughs> yeah, and also like seeing your mom up front with you going crazy too it was oh, such a yeah. beautiful that thing that was um my mom she she came in there with her cane because like she had problems walking and normally i'm always at the house with her you know what i'm saying watch her because she can't walk that well and um so like she was like i'm coming whether my you know my legs work or not i'm coming i'll like, if you can't come it's okay like because i know your your situation she said i'm coming so seeing her there and seeing her turned up yeah, screaming my name with her cane <laughs> she was teed in the parking lot right words, you see like with her cane i'm like that's love right because like me and my mom we like due to some other situations like our relationship fell off but then it got back on and she's we got always, a, we got an hour i feel like we can get there man she always been a fan of me so just seeing her there i was like yo this is I'm, what I'm, I'm good for all love and respect to mom but i'm i think i'm a i'm I'm the number one fan of grandma. Me, my grandma? Me, me, me and Big G, we was chilling <laughs> over in the yeah, car. Yeah, that, that's my she big baby. Cool, Nanny, yeah. shout out to Nanny, yo. That's <laughs> Much my, love to Nanny. Yeah, that's, that's my big baby, man. She, that's had, my she had like too. the best way of clearing the crowd that she could see. It was like <laughs> yeah, a yeah. very like subtle, like, could you, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, just, yeah, excuse, yeah, 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 that's her. yeah. She's a sweetheart, man. Yeah. You gotta love Nanny. So I that was, I mean, just, and overall, that was such a cool show. I think like, as someone who at different times has had a hand in programming different rooms, like at this point, there's always some sort of conversation about like, okay, we got to make sure, like, you know, there's like a website, it's like, uh, congrats, you made a white dude panel, right? right? <laughs> so there's like at least some attention to like having different faces up there. But what was so cool about that, and I think is super necessary is like, to get beyond the like, quota token of a show being representative was like, this was made by for and showcasing black women across the board oh definitely and that doesn't mean that someone who looks like me in my position couldn't enjoy it but it was this beautiful uh it it, it felt communal in a way that mm -hmm. is really different from like we're presenting this to the group like what like what was there a kind of comfort in that room for you or 
uh, as a performer and even just as an audience member that felt different from other shows? Um, well, you know what's crazy? Because like I said, Kyra, we're, we're good friends. And um, another friend of ours, Janae, before this show even came about, we was talking about how we would love to go on tour and do a black girl magic tour and just have it be a, a bunch of bloke, uh, I mean, excuse me, a bunch of dope black artists, whether it be performing artists, poets, singers, visual artists. I like where you're going there, bloke. Black dope. Black and dope. Okay, cool. We're going to go with that, man. It was bloke, right? That's a, that's a, new, that's a new movement. That's a new wave. Like this it. is bloke, this man. This is what we do here. <laughs> and so when... Pacemakers. Definitely. So when Kyra came out, she was like, yo, well, are we really going to make this happen? She was like, All right, she already had an idea. And I was like, okay, word, right? So it's like everything just came together. So when we was there, and all the artists I knew, I knew on, on first hand and personally, we all good friends. You know what I'm saying? We all in the same community of organizing or you know mixing in with the arts. So just being there and just seeing the love that there was shown for Black women, it's like it can't get no better than that. Yeah. So. I felt the safest. I felt the love. The energy was at its at an all time high, and it was just man, blow. Yeah. <laughs> it was we going blope, somewhere man. with that. Yes, yeah. you got to yo. Yeah, I think I think, uh, and, and like we can move past you know yeah. the, the Afro not event, but but I I think what helps me do that in thinking about how like kind of special that that room was. It, it brings up the importance of space, definitely, which is so much of like what we kind of fight for or stand up for is the idea of space and spaces mm -hmm. where we can be safe because really that room was a creation of a community that exists, right? Like I, I am in community. I feel like I'm friends with just about everybody who mm -hmm. has something to do with that as well. Um, and so that community exists like on a day to day, like in the right, air, right, right. right? But, but seeing it all in one space, uh, was really having a safe four walls to be able to produce something out of that community. Mm, uh, but I want to go a step back and talk about how, you know, probably over the last year or so, right? Like, I feel I've seen firsthand, I feel you are a central part of this, you know, black community, specifically, you know, the black girl magic oh, squad thanks. that's <laughs> happening right, right now I in the city. Uh, and so, how did you find yourself entering into that community and how has it affected? your art right because it feels like a lot of those songs mm -hmm. was created specifically for that crowd right like you hope mm -hmm. for it to go mm -hmm. further mm -hmm. but those Definitely. were the 100 150 200 people yes. that that stuff that it that it was for right uh, um well first off first off music has always been a part of me right and i've been i began rapping actually singing at like what? six, yes. Hey, I cannot sing now. Oh, okay. I was, not like, I I was about I to say. I could not sing now. Oh, no. Stop it all and get nah, right into man, it I right suck. now. Okay. Like, nah. right. And then I began rapping. I, I started doing poetry, then rapping took over. And um, I, I became popular in high school and grammar school, grammar school doing rap battles. As we all know, the rap industry, the rap game is very um, male dominated with a, or whatnot. So I always found myself proving myself like, hey, I can rap too. I got boss. I'm hot just like you, if not hotter, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, but once I started doing the movement work, started organizing, I was like, yo, what's a way that I can reach people, right? What's a way I could get into the minds of the people that I'm trying to reach? And music does that for just about everybody. Like, uh, I call it medicine for the soul. That's what it does for me. So I'm like, I could reach them by music with a dope-ass beat, dope beat. And I just put some truth in my dope-ass rhymes. Bam, it's hooked, right? So real talk, the song came about 
with the uh, releasing of the Laquan McDonald video. So I was feeling like a thousand emotions and I just needed something. I just needed something to, to release, you know. And so the song came about with me. I was just freestyling at first. And then my uh, my friend, she was like, Tweet, what are you doing? Could you write that down? I'm good for freestyling stuff. I never write it down because I never remember. <laughs> She's like, could you write that down? Like, yeah. literally. Shout out to Veronica, by the way. Oh, so shout out to definitely. She was like, yo, Tweet, you always do this. <laughs> so I took, luckily, I remembered what I was freestyling and I made it a song. At first, it was just going to be a four-minute song with me just spitting straight bars. Mm -hmm. That's it. And then I low at the very, very, very last minute, like after putting the uh, finishing touches, I came up with a chorus. So I'm like, okay, we adding this on here. That's always like, I think like the hardest (laughs) part, right? Like when you've been writing forever, it's like you got to figure out actually how does a song work? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then I I changed the title at the last minute too because it it was going to be called Untitled. So I'm like, man, this is some real talk shit. So like, it's real talk. And then so I'm like, people, they go mess, they go, they go super mess with the song for the simple fact it's the truth. It's talking about the Laquan McDonald case, how um, the president, not the president, the mayor of the city, Rami Manu, doesn't care. Um, Anita Alvarez, who we organized and got her office, shout out to us, um, doesn't care. <laughs> shout out to us. Shout, shout out to shout us, because that's the us thing. Because that's the us thing, you know. Um, and just the struggles that we face day to day as black people, and especially coming from the hood, the hood that I'm from. So I'm like, yo, people definitely can relate to it. It's real. It's authentic. Ain't nothing fake about the song. Yeah, so let's uh, let's actually hear it. Here's Real Talk by our very special guest, Tweak. You're listening to Ergo, WHBK, ErgoRadio.com. That nigga Tweak, let's go. We do it for the people, shawty. For the people, shawty. Do it for the people. Shit is nothing. 
for us to get on that Hey, my black is fucking beautiful Other colors can't touch this 12, only number I do not fuck with Must this, dread-headed nigga Get on that buck shit, untuck this That millimeter, get on that fuck shit Crazy how the fucking mayor Simply doesn't give a fuck Why he ran for office Black murders were being covered up He ran the farm Killing pigs to get puppets Who's budget cuts Knowledge is power Ignorance will devour Every 28 hours A nigga is shut down Commanded straight from the tower Turn on channel 9 They showing the killing life Young age black boy Running the stage of life Cop bus without thinking twice Cop bus without thinking twice He doesn't seize or believe He just took a life Patrolling they hawk us down They giving the run around Ain't no way that we backing down Ain't no way that we backing down They hating the black and brown My niggas we own it now Awoken we feeling proud White man want to dumb us down They few us as dummies now Yeah they few us as dummies now And that's why we Do it for the people shot for the people, shawty, for the people, shawty, do it for the people, let's go. We do it for the freedom, shawty, for the freedom, shawty, do it for the freedom, let's go. And we don't fuck with 12, shawty, fuck with 12, shawty, we don't fuck with 12. Nah, nah, we don't fuck with 12, shawty, fuck with 12, shawty, we don't fuck with 12. We do it for the people, shall we do it for the people, shall do it for the people. We do this for Maya Hall. We do it for the freedom, shall we kill your boy? Freedom, shall we do it for the freedom? Laquan McDonald. And we don't fuck with 12 shots. Tamir Rice. Fuck with 12 shots. Sandra Glenn. Ergo Radio, that was Tweak, R.I.P. Laquan McDonald, FTP, CB, CPDK, mm-hmm. FCC, what's good? <laughs> we always about that beef. We got <laughs> what up, FCC? <laughs> we, we got beef with you. But uh, yeah, Tweak, so so that was definitely a powerful, powerful joint. So I, I, I want to kind of come out of that and talk a little bit about um, how you got into organizing some of the work that you've done. Um, I, I, you know, what, what it feels like, right, is that, that you, you were, uh, well, not what it feels like, what's the truth is that you were a big part of the, the, the push of the campaign to get a trauma center here on the south side of Chicago, here on the University of Chicago campus. Um, and so that's where I know your work from, and that's right. kind of my entry point into Tweak as an organizer. When did, where does it go deeper than that? When did it start? How did you become a part of that? Were you doing things before that? Where, well, um, 2010, I was a sophomore at um, Hot Park. Okay, so you went to HP too. Yeah, you know right, what I'm right, saying? Right. Shout out alumni. 2012, shout us out, you feel me? You know what I'm saying? Thunderbirds. <laughs> I was a, you know, we used to be the Indians, but they changed it due to, we didn't want to disrespect the, you know what I'm saying, Native Americans. They changed it. So I'm I'm a Thunderbird, a also a little bit of an Indian because I was there when they switched it. But 2010, at first I was just a, you know what I'm saying, regular sophomore. Um, I was known as for rapping and being, a, I was an ROTC. So everybody knew me as ROTC girl, you know what I'm saying? Rapping with the braids, you know, that's what they knew me from. Until <laughs> Veronica Morris Moore. Shout out, squad. Yeah. Definitely yeah. a very, 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 very good friend of mine who I love so dearly. She came in my um, social studies class, my rural history class, and um, her and Fresco. And they was telling me, you know, about about the, a youth group that they was a part of. And, you know, at first I wasn't interested. I'm like, well, I'm not going to no meetings. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm involved in a lot. You know, I just want to go out, turn up, mm-hmm. you know. And then what was crazy, because the same day, right right before they came and talk, was, t- was telling me about it, Jamil Rush, my best friend, he was like, yo, you should come join this group. 
whole time though they was talking about the same group. Uh, okay. He was telling me he's like, yeah, man, my cousin Damien, he died, and they didn't take him to the hospital um, down the street from him, which is the university. They took him all the way to Northwestern, so um, you know, so they could like treat him and everything. I'm like, why didn't take him to the University of Chicago? He's like, they have a trauma center. I didn't know what a trauma center was. I'm yeah. like, what the hell is a trauma center? Mm-hmm. He's like, yo, this is what they take um, the victims who like got shot and um, like car accidents, stab wounds, like that and everything. I'm like, damn, man, that's messed up. So when they came and told me, I, I still wasn't interested. Then I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I ain't had nothing to do that Tuesday. <laughs> so I went, and it was a group of nothing but black kids. We all around the same age. A lot of kids from the uh, Woodlawn community. A lot of um, Damien's turn of family members and very, very close friends was there and was a part of the group. So I'm filling it out. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to rock with it. It's for a good cause because I, I was like, you know what? It's definitely something that we need. So that's when I very, very, very first time I got introduced into organizing. And um, for for a little bit before I found my role and, and see what my purpose was in the group, I was just like shadowing everybody, mm-hmm. shadowing everybody and just playing the background role. And I was like, what can I do? I want to do something too. You know what I'm saying? I want to be up there too. And I was like following Veronica around. Like everything she do... I would just stop and analyze. I'm like, man, like, look how she speaks. She'd be killing the panels, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, I want to do that too. <laughs> you know, when people throw, when they think reporters throwing um, trick questions, what? Stop yeah. it. She kills them instantly. <laughs> I'm like, I want to do that too, you know? So I, in a way, in so many words, I was like, teach me. Yeah. So how long had she been involved at that point? Do you know? Who, Veronica? Yeah, Veronica. Veronica started also in 2010, just a couple of months before me. Mm. Somewhere like a little bit in the like spring or summer, I believe. So Isn't that amazing Like how you learn on the fly like that? No, no pun intended on the fly. <laughs> I didn't even mean that. Usually the puns I intend. Uh, um, no, but like she was able to kind of serve like as that role for you to be like, mm-hmm. okay, here's how you can walk through mm-hmm. this. She, don't, she was brand new to it too. And mm-hmm. you said like most of the folks in the room were like, your age, mm-hmm. friends, family, extended, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I just think, like, it's amazing how quickly people pick up on this stuff on the fly because there is no, when the, when there is no, like, uh, like formal process. Yeah, there's no manual. Yeah, there's no manual. Yeah, right, right, right. And no entrance exam. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, if somebody, like, I kind of say this a lot. If, they, if people really knew how to make this work, we wouldn't be in this situation, Definitely. right? So, like, we're always <laughs> we're learning on the fly. If there was right, a yeah. manual, if there was a guidebook, right? Like, it. <laughs> it, 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 it would work already. Mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. so, like, I, it's interesting, like, coming from your entry point, how did you kind of see that that training ground or was able to see, you know, your friends learn so fast or you learn so fast? Because it, it only takes a couple months before mm-hmm. your whole life changes. Right, definitely. So, like, once she, you know, she we sit down a lot, we we talk a lot, and, like, or organizing opened a door that I never knew existed, hmm. you know. And before that, I was doing insane problematic shit, and I didn't even know it, you know. And I like, um, so it's like I was just ignorant to a lot. And I and I thank her and those around me in the organizing community who have shaped me into the person I am today. Mm-hmm. Because before, when I reflect and look back, I was like, yo, that's messed up. That's messed up. You bogus. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, damn, I was doing that. I was saying that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like now 
giving back because like now I'm trying to educate those younger than me or those who probably older than me but who don't know of like I feel like I have to give back I have mm-hmm. to teach you guys this like I have the tools why not give somebody else the tools you know so it's like man organizing is a big part of my life and though I travel a lot with my new job and everybody a lot of friends and family members just want to leave Chicago talking about the violence I'm like yo I ain't going nowhere yeah this is home it's violence everywhere and I'm like it's it's bigger than that I mean, if no one's going to save us but us. Yeah, I think that that growth that you were just talking about, about being in those rooms, in addition to like the potential that it has in terms of like direct challenge and, you know, campaigns and stuff like that to change things. It's also like to think about it as a mode for your internal reflection and growth in that way. Like that's a beautiful thing, too. Right. Like that's another that's a dual role that these communities can serve is like you like you said like you're proud of who not that you weren't proud before but Mm -hmm. like you're happy with who you're growing into definitely um and that's yeah that's a beautiful thing and so for those who don't know who are not like i don't know organizer fans i don't even know like what (laughs) like what the like word is for people who like yeah because a lot of people are not really really like too fond of the way we be protesting what we don't like why y'all do that i'm like see look y'all don't understand we tried the way you you guys are talking these are called you know what i'm saying escalation tactics this is what we're doing this is like here so you escalated all the way to like you know civil disobedience here Mm -hmm. on campus um and and you know all in all on paper it has worked right like, no definitely a, we now we we to my to my knowledge we are the no shade if i'm not true but correct me if i'm wrong somebody <laughs> the only one of the only black youth groups in the city who's actually won their campaign yeah and no, that's 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 pretty much and true it was it took us five years and i'm not gonna lie it was Definitely a lot of blood, sweat, and tears put into it. It was a lot of times when I was like, yo, I don't think we're ever going to get a trauma center. I don't think this is going to work. Like, what are we doing? We might as well give up. And then it took that one friend, Veronica, or and a couple of more to like, no, nah, no, nah, we got to keep going. I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. Let's get it. Mm-hmm. So it was at that point in time when we was giving up hope, we were like, okay, we got a trick for them. We came back hard and harder and harder each time. And look who we are five years later with the plans and the works of a trauma center to come into the Chicago South Side at the University of Chicago. Yeah, so so I have I have two questions. I'm going to ask them at once if that's not... <laughs> <laughs> two for the one, right? If that's not too complicated. Uh, but ba- based off what, what you just said, one, talking about that that moment of frus- frustration, probably like somewhere around the midpoint of like, mm-hmm. you know, is this going to work? Um you know, was it difficult to not say, man, there's so much else going on? You know, that's the, the, like, right, the trauma center is one piece mm-hmm. of the, the problems of the system, the problems of how our mm-hmm. city is structured and organized. So, w- was it ever difficult to be like, man, we focus on one thing when everything is bad and we, we might not ever get it? And then the second question is, <laughs> then you, 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 you fight through and continue on and you won. Mm-hmm. How does that feel? Well, I'm gonna answer the last question first. Okay. <laughs> How does it feel? Pretty damn good, right? <laughs> I mean, there's no other way. It's like, wow, we did that shit. Yeah. We we got it, right? And for the the frustration part, and it was like, we ain't gonna get it, and there's so much going on. That for me personally, that is what caused me to feel that way when it's like, man, we got it's a million and one things going on. It don't seem like we finna get a trauma center. They don't care. They're giving us the run around when we also have these things to worry about. But then having that sit down and talk with a couple of peers and friends and family members and me talking to myself is like, we can't save the world at once. 
if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, but like all at one time, we have to do little by little. And it's like a puzzle, right? You can't just say, huh, bam, the puzzle's together. You got to put each piece together to make that one big picture, right? Mm-hmm. So a piece of that, le- that little puzzle was the trauma center. Okay, bam, we got the trauma center. What's next? Here's another piece. Get there. All right, what's next? Another piece. Here it go. Get that, right? So that's the way it was broken down to me. So I'm like, okay, this is the first piece of the puzzle that we go put together. Let's get this trauma center. And Yeah, I just, so this is a, it's a little bit of a tangent. I just had this thought. So there's something about the way that you were performing at the at the you know mothership thing that like I uh, so Jay Z's my favorite rapper of all time <laughs> and there was something too. something about the performance style that like it, it, I felt that link there like literally just the way you carried yourself on stage um, and I was thinking about his line uh, I sold kilos of coke I'm guessing I can sell CDs mm-hmm. thinking about you now making music are you like Man, we got a trauma center. Like, I can make, I can get music heard. Like, that's nothing. Like, that's easy. You know what's funny, yo? I, I promise you, Jay Z is definitely one of my um, biggest influences. Yeah. And um, pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty soon, um, I will be releasing a track a song with Jay Z. Oh man, you. <laughs> and look, and look, I hope so. But uh, you only one got of you got tracks. the the Drake Jay Z future feature <laughs> where it was like three and a half bars man, and then he left. I, I, I wish I could have Jay Z on one of my tracks, man. That'd be dope. I want him to produce the whole thing. I, Jay, if you're man. listening, you can come on there and go. We'll man. make a song. Oh, he's listening. Hey, hey, hey Jay Z and Tweak the RBG, man. Look, it's a hit. That sounds right, man. Y'all remember that? Um, <laughs> who think you can fuck with me, nigga? What? Y'all remember that? Yeah. That's one of the tracks I want to do because I like. Jay Z, he it's like he raps over people. A lot of times, some people don't understand Jay Z. He just got this swagger, so cool. He just flow like, yo, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like he and just still kill, bar still hit, line still hit. Yeah. He, he but he be so mellow with it, but it be so hard. Yeah. So I mean, man, so much love and respect for Jay Z, and it's like, man, what? I know I took it to another direction with that, but I, I want to go back to the relationship with Veronica and all this because you know. I wanted to talk about that and you've already brought her up so many times as being a pivotal person for you. Now at this point, you know, coming out of that victory and figuring out like after five years, how do we build a life in this doing more stuff and Mm -hmm. feel motivated in the same way? How does that relationship work in terms both like of continuing to be an organizer and just like those kinds of bonds as friendships are really different than any that you'd have otherwise. Like what's that relationship look like for you now? Um... It to me it still shocks me. It still amazes me because at first me and Veronica were two strangers in the same high school that would have passed each other and not speak to each other. Mm. And to see that something like this is the reason why we've been brought together and seeing how much of a dope person she is, it's like why I ain't know you then? Like <laughs> why weren't we friends then? But I mean everything happens for a reason and things fall in place when they need to fall in place. So me and Veronica, we became very, very close over the years of organizing. And we was like, yo, we don't just need to see each other when we organize, when we have meetings. We could chill, you know what I'm saying, on, the, on, a, on some personal stuff mm-hmm. too and just chill as friends. Like, okay, cool, I'm down or whatnot. So, and she also raps. And got bars. I'm like, I hey, rap she too. She brought them up here, and we were like, damn, <laughs> that shocked. is crazy. Yeah. I had no idea, right? And yeah. I was like, hey, I rap too. So you know, that was another connection for us. And then ever since then, she's just been holding me down on on both ends of the table, and vice versa. Like she could call me up now if she needs anything. She know Tweeko come through, and and I know if I need her, just like I recently did, she came through for me. And no questions asked. It. 
Yeah, I think those kinds of friendships, it's a really interesting thing. I was thinking about that. So we spent uh, like with a group of people all Tuesday moving and we'll talk more about that another time. But I was thinking about like the, the people who you make things with and the people who are your like close friends and sometimes that overlaps and there's like pros and cons to both of those, right? Like sometimes you want relationships that are that are like, that don't have the distraction of it being part of your creative process, right? Mm -hmm. Like, but it can be some, or your organizing process, mm -hmm. but it can be something that brings people together in a different way. I mean, how do you think about that balancing that, Dame? I mean, yeah, I think that's um, a big question that like we're trying to figure out as a community of like, where does like, I don't know, the, the if we want to call it like professional, right? line stop and like the personal line begin uh and, and it's, it's it becomes yeah, it's kind of blurred <laughs> to, to separate blurred. it the, the deeper that it gets um and so i don't have an answer of like what is better um you yeah. know I, i'm still trying to learn i'm still struggling with it it's attention um, right uh yeah so so you know where, where do you kind of sit with that on on like how you know family and and partners or family and and, and you know associates is kind of becoming like <laughs> one joint you know um like i'm kind of like you a little bit with the like i really don't have an answer <laughs> but um right oh, man veronica she was all three at the point of time she was an associate well no she was a stranger associate right. then when we i guess you say like a professional when we you know organizing then she became friend then she became a my family you know and then but those are there are other I'm not even gonna say that because like everybody in the organizing community, I don't even look at them like as friends no more. I look at it like one big family now because like we all want the same thing. We all been been you know what I'm saying with each other in the struggle like literally hand in hand out here experience what we've been experiencing with the with the police. We didn't get beat up together literally, um, and just experience some real messed up stuff. And it's like yo, we're family. And we got each other back. I don't really call people's friends like that. Okay, yeah, you're my friend, but AKA, you're also my friend. <laughs> you know, so it's like, I don't know. I really yeah, don't too much. And I think you, you, you exude that in like one of the purest senses of like, yeah, I, man, I think, it's I think love. people can trust I, I love. the love that, that, that you show. Uh, and so before we get into some more music, which is one last question as we like are kind of wrapping up some for of this sure, organizing sure. talk. Um, in, in the community, that there are a few like, like kind of abstract like buzzwords we have of like what the goals are, like, you know, liberation mm. freedom mm -hmm. right stuff like that say that uh, and, and so obviously that's what we want but like in a real tangible way now that you have won something right and, and seeing where we are now with the like the, the there being so much kind of uh room for platform a room for attention a room for our voice to have power mm -hmm. what is your vision moving forward right like what, what do you want to happen what would you like to see uh what are some 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 things you think priorities we can do? yeah, yeah. Um, what I what it's pretty much simple. What I want, I think, um, I could speak for all of us and say what what we want is to literally be free. And when when I say be free, I mean f free from our pressure, free from when I go down the street. I don't have, you know what I'm saying, cops patrolling me, looking at me any type of way, or just, you know what I'm saying, stereotyping me, pulling me over just because I'm black. And I knowing damn well I didn't do nothing, you know. I could like go and people like, oh man, that's sweet. She dope. Not oh, she only dope because she black. Mm -hmm. Or you know, I get a lot of white people like, what is those you put in your hair? <laughs> what does it look like? I mean, it's locked, man. Mm -hmm. You know, you feel me? Like I want to wear as though my brother 
I had because I have one little brother, my only brother, who I love to death, where he could go out and he he's not being harassed. I would love to love to wake up and see on the news just the weather or fun <laughs> things in the um community or going on in the city, not seeing such and such was shot by a cop. You know what I'm saying? He's only 15 years old and he just took several bullets and a mom just lost her child. Now she has to bury him. I do not want to see that. I want to see a world free of that. I want to see a world where people respect and uplift black women and not down them and not just look at them as stepping stools or rugs. Because, oh, baby, we more than that. Black girl magic is real. It's real. It's real. And it's true. And it's like. Man, we, we could rub off on you in a good way. Like, our energy is just, man, is dope. Why hate a black girl? We're fun to be around. <laughs> we we could make you dope. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm or saying? Blope. Or blow. <laughs> <Even better. laughs> you know? We, we so that's what blow. I envision, man. Like, man, just just a world of um, just loving black people, man. Yeah, I think it's an interesting distinction between feeling free and being free. Because mm -hmm. I think, like, some of the things that art does, and we've talked about this in other ways before like one of the exciting things i think for people who make art or music whatever it is that we've had on the show is that feeling in the midst of creation or performance where you feel free mm -hmm. and then that's in contrast to realities right? Reality, right and we could talk about it even in that you know in that room that we started the episode talking about um like that feeling of freedom as opposed to like the realities of it and trying to kind of bridge that gap a little bit mm -hmm. um that seems like a like a good goal. I think um, that we haven't exactly done this before, but so the song that you heard earlier, listeners, uh, real talk. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is where it started, but I know you, you you've you've performed some of that at actions and protests across the city, mm -hmm. and we actually have audio of you doing it. I just think it's kind of cool to hear like how something that sounds you know polished and is a, a finished product can be uh, built up, created, and used in the midst of you know, a, a movement and a protest. Right, um, right, right, right. So we have audio from of you doing that from there. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that uh, action was on MLK Day? Where, uh, what you, yeah, what it was? Oh, yeah. So um, I was asked to, like, to, like, cold heat the march because um, what I'm really, really, really known for, what Damon said, is always being lit, always turned up, always bringing that energy, yeah. you know. Um, I, I look at it as like I'm blessed with that gift to move the crowd, to move the people, and I'm comfortable with doing that. So the action for the MLK Day, some of our comrades were uh, doing a lock-in sort of thing in um, at the, uh, what was it, the FOP um, bank. Yeah. yeah, at the bank. And then another part of us was um was FOP marching. stands for the Fraternal Order of Police. So the police union that like usually funds mm -hmm. the like the defense of those who kill people. Mm -hmm. Literally where their money is. Yeah, literally. So they weren't there shutting that down like no one can get in. Aha, y'all won't get no money today. Mm -hmm. And some of us were out marching from a point from point A to the um, FOP bank, which was point B. So we was doing that chanting and you know coming through and then. When we got there, oh my gosh, y'all, it was so cold outside. It was so cold, but of course we was out there because what the the purpose is bigger than us just being cold, you know? So we was out there and um everybody we was having people come up to like speak and say something, right? And so somebody asked me, was like, Tweak, you wanna say something? I was like, yo, I got a verse for y'all. 
a little bit of a song or whatnot. So I end up spitting it and like everybody was like, hey, 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 you know? So I'm like, oh, okay, y'all messing with it? Y'all, y'all like oh, you this? Got, you got snaps? You got I snaps get, for it? I got some snaps. I got some claps. It's whatever people could do. Snaps and claps. Snaps, <laughs> snaps, snaps and claps, claps, right? Whatever people could do because people out there were, you know what I'm saying, scarves, gloves, and hand warmers. I'm like, look, stomping feet, whatever you can do, show me love. Like, just listening was love for me, you know? So, I mean, it was dope. And then, like, people just started recording me. Um, I like semi went viral and with like 20 or 30 minutes I had like over 5,000 views on the video and everybody people that I don't know start adding me on Facebook and start messaging me just like yo man you got bars you dope what, what's work what's work and I'm like okay cool y'all just like let me know you know what I'm saying and yeah. it, it was just love so I just like the song wasn't even finished at that point right. so let's hear it in in that context here on Ergo WHBK ErgoRadio.com Records. I'm from a city where if you look like me, you're not protected. Why the boys in blue who down the shoe play shit on you in seconds? We dealing with a system that ain't shit, that breed killer cops. Same killer cops over east, posted on every block. Same killer cop that locked you up for selling weed and rocks. Officer friendly turned around and sold the kid a Glock. Yo, where will the killer stop? They don't want to see us reach the top. I live in a hood with no food stores, but fit with vacant lots. Single mama raising kids, whackers they like up the pops. They want to see us down and out and take everything we got. Ain't no hole in our blood, Rami, man, your reason to comfort you. You and Anita Alvarez getting too comfortable. Need to resign, the time is now, nobody fucks with you. So the hell with you. And your tourists that don't come past the loop. We taking the L, taking bullets and taking crap from you. You robbing our hoods, closing our clinics, and you close our schools. Dismantling this fucked up power structure is way overdue. Lied through your teeth when you talking and we go vote for you? I say, I couldn't even breathe, my nigga. I feel lungless. Make responsible for whoever the fuck done this. They treated love, crime, McDonald's, like make nothing. Mac Muffin, eating motherfucker, say something. CTA or the CPB? Why? Cause y'all take us places by bus and it's nothing for us to get on that fuck shit. It's nothing for us to, hey, my black is fucking beautiful. Other colors can't touch the 12. Only number I do not fuck with. Must this go ahead, nigga, get on that buck shit, untuck this. Nine millimeter, get on that buck shit. Crazy how the fucking mayor simply doesn't give a fuck why he ran for office. Black murders were being covered up. Go crazy. <laughs> Yo, so so uh, something you and I have talked personally a lot about. And we were just talking a little bit off air. It's like a, uh, you you have this like great tension or somewhat of a contradiction in your life that I see you navigating. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like will probably be surprising to like for people who know your political views mm-hmm, and, definitely and like, it is. standpoint <laughs> and the fact that you have you know a military background, mm-hmm. right? And you're still technically in some ways still in connected to the military mm-hmm, uh, and, and like you know how. In in a lot of ways, right? Like m- the the military is like the global police, and like policing mm-hmm. are very much inter- interlocked. Um, so so talk about some of the the contradiction of where you are now, um, having to have or or how you got to be a part of a system that you then became so resistant to. Um, well, bef- before before I got real real deep into organizing, you know, I was um, I had plans to go to the to join the army because I didn't want to go to college. And Veronica, 
she was like, she begged me. She was like, Tweak, I don't want you to go. This is, no, this is not what you need to do. And me being young, naive, I was like, well, look, I don't want to go to college. I, uh, my people's at home, they're getting on my nerves. I'm like, yo, I'm stressing out. I need to get away. Mm. And the the military provided that for me. And I like, at that point, I, I wasn't really traveling a lot. I was like, look, I get to travel. I get to meet new people. I get to see a bunch of new girls, you know. Yeah. I was like, I want to go, you know. It was fun. It was really hyped up. They really you hyped it up my for me. Camo look, you yeah. got the camo cap on. Yeah, like, you they know. They're dragging me out in camo. So, but man. yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that, that. That how they hyped it up though, because that's something I feel. I feel like they, you know, military institutions like kind of prey on the predatory mm -hmm. on like the most vulnerable. Man, they like yo, man, you gonna make this much money? You get to travel. You get these benefits. You know, you know, healthcare and this and that. It comes with a enlistment bonus, some up to twenty thousand. I'm like, what twenty thousand? Like, oh yeah, and you get half up front. I'm like, that's ten ten racks. <laughs> I ain't never had that much money all at once. You know, yeah. I'm saying, like, yeah, okay, sign me up. You know, and plus I was in ROTC for four years in high school. That I know very very different. Because ROTC, we're nothing but a bunch of teenagers. We go home with mommy and daddy, stay up, stay in the city with our friends, opposed to being in the army. And if you're active duty, there's a possibility that you get deployed and you go overseas. Right. A lot of times, a lot of people are going to war. And what I hate about it is that there are 17 to 18 year olds, they're kids. We are kids. And y'all going, sending them over there and sometimes to kill other kids, you know? So it's like, it's a mental thing. Like, do I kill this kid? So I can make it back home to my family, or do I not kill this kid and he end up he or she end up bombing me and I don't make it back home? Yeah. So it really, really fucks you up. Put in that situation. Yeah. yeah, I I've never been put in that situation, and but it's a possibility that I can't if like World War Three was to go out and they send my unit or something. So you like haven't that. been de deployed in. I haven't been deployed yet. But it's it's in the air that it's a possibility that my unit will begin deployed. But I'm in a situation with my family. Was though um, I can't leave them yet because I have no one to take care of my mom and my grandma. I am their primary caretakers, and they're like they have ambulatory problems. They re rely on me to do everything. Um, I have um, two younger sisters who rely on me to do things for them and provide for them. Same thing for my little brother who's currently incarcerated, FTP. And um, so it's like I've pretty much been the backbone, the go-to, and the one that they depend on. I can't do that if I'm thousands of miles away. Yeah. I can't do that if um, I'm away at drill. And it was a point of time when my grandma was very sick. My mom was really sick. And my grandma has literally been there for me before I came into this world. Yeah. And each and every step, every graduation, she was there. She made sure I had everything I needed, the wants. She'll break her back. She'll go without so I can have. Mm. So when it comes to her, her health, her needing me here, needing me by her side, her support, no way I'm I'm picking the army over that. No way I'm picking anything but my grandma. You know what I'm saying? It's always going to be my grandma. It's all, I'm going to always choose my family. Do you ever have that tension with some of the organizing stuff where you're like, I have to choose literally just in terms of what your time is going toward? Um, it's funny because my grandma, she's white. And when, I, when we sit down and we talk, and she 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 lived a long time. She's seventy seven. She came to Chicago in nineteen fifty five. She actually worked at the house, if I'm saying this right, that Martin Luther King was giving a speech at something something like that. And so she was just around. And so like I sit down and talk to her, and she'll tell me about the movement, 
And it was this one particular story that stood out to me when I had to check her on her white privilege. <laughs> and she was like, because all the men she dated were black. And she was also married to a cop for like 12 or 17 years. So she feels a certain type of way about that. And I'm like, yo, nanny, I don't mess with him. <laughs> and so she was like, why? You know, I too experienced hatred from white people. I'll say, hey, what was you doing? She was like, I was with my uh, my husband at the time and his parents. I was like, was he black? I said, that's why. If you were by yourself, you would have been treated fine. But because you was with them, they called her like nigga lovers, things like that. And they showed you hate. But if you was to walk in that restaurant by yourself, they would treat you, hey, how you doing, Rosetta? And treat you fine, perfectly, because you were a white woman. But because you were with them, that's the only reason why you experienced the hatred you experienced. Yeah. And when it comes to we be organizing against the police and whatnot, and it was a couple of cases when um, something happened between my family and she called the cops. And I told her, I said, Nanny, why'd you do that? They're only going to make things worse. Please don't call them no more. But it was too late. And when she come out there and she's talking to him, I'm like, would you please go in the house? Please don't talk to them, you know? And then so when I finally sat down with her and have that conversation mm -hmm. on how Chicago police operate and what they do and what they are about and why I don't mess with them. She she said, I understand. And mm -hmm. she was like, I'm sorry if I, you know what I'm saying, I made you feel uncomfortable, you know? And she she was like, I, I understand. And she she too, um, sometimes she was like, Yeah, man. But there are good cops though. I said, I, then I, I hit her with an example. I say, let's just say I was a predator or something, right? Or a serial killer. Let's just say that though I'm not y'all, I'm not. And Thank you, you knew about it. It is on yes. radio. I appreciate that. I'm like, I am not y'all. I'm like, and you <laughs> knew about it and you chose not to say we anything. Edit out you saying I'm not on the podcast okay. For, okay. for the yeah, record. Do that. Do that. <laughs> and I was like, and you knew about it and not to say nothing to somebody, you just as bad as I am. So for the quote unquote good cops who I'm pretty much sure know that there are cops doing um, corrupting the crooked things to not open up their mouth they're just as bad yeah and I think the, the, the point that I always try to make is that it's not even about the individual good or bad or morality right. of, a, of a person wearing a uniform and badge it's about the institution the whole so even if there is a great person who does good police work right like mm -hmm. policing and police mm -hmm. work is a violent, destructive thing, even mm -hmm. when it's done to mm -hmm. the best tee of the law and with all morality and, and you know, honoring the code. Uh, but just a little, a little quick addition to, to your point. But I also want to flip the, the coin because I've heard you use familiar language like brother and sister mm -hmm. for, for some of your military people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so are they aware of the fact that you are, uh, you know, are so anti-police? Because like the relationship, my understanding, the relationship between military and police is very close. Very. Um, and so is there a tension on that side? Are they like, very. yo, what are, you, what are you talking about? What's it up? is. Um, I'm not going to say their names, but some that are not black and are white. And I, I tell them, you know, my views on things and where I'm from, and I I hate that this goes for anybody. When I join, and you know what I'm saying, everybody asks me, oh, you're where from? I'm like, I'm from Chicago. And it's this another white guy. He said, oh, yeah, me too. I said, oh, okay, where from? Skokie. He was like, Naperville. <laughs> Y'all know I got him, right? I said, dude, you're from Naperville, <laughs> Illinois. You're not from Chicago. And oh, Blue Island. You're from Blue Island. You're not from Chicago. It's two totally different cities, yo. So, and then... They argue and they always hit me with the, but there are the do you know you know what I'm saying trying to go around it and I'm like sometimes I don't have I don't have patience to sit down and break down to them 
like how it's different for me okay even if you are from chicago you don't experience what i experience i overheard a conversation of two of the two of my white friends talking and he was talking about how um a cop had just moved in his complex and how he was excited and he went to go speak i said now for me and those around me it wouldn't have been that type of experience it's oh shit 12 just came over here we ain't finna go speak and greet them with a pie no because and i asked him if a cop pulls you over what are you what is your first first reaction he like nothing i just be chilling now you ask a black person it's shit because it's always end up two ways we a we we always get harassed physically hurt but what's been happening a lot is we get killed we don't make it or we get killed at the station, you know, whatever, you know. So I'm like, what you experience with the police is very different from mine. And once I tell you that I experienced something bad with the police, and this is how they make me feel. This is what they do to me and my people. You have no right to come out to to turn it around and be like, but what did you do? Or something yeah. in a sense. And it's like sometimes I, I don't have a temper I don't have a temper problem, but I would snap out on you. Yeah. Like, dude, like never mind. I don't want to talk to you no more, bro. So what I keep thinking of, um, you ever see the movie The Spook Who Sat by the Door? No, came out in but the I 70s. Whoa, you gotta see it. it came so, out in like '68. So this movie, yeah, I never seen that movie. Basically, the premise of the movie um, is there's a dude who's like the first black CIA agent, mm. and he like sits quietly and like learns all of the ways that the CIA operates, and then he defects and goes and leads like an armed uprising of black folks in using in Chicago using. CIA yeah, he organized. He organized a couple gangs, unified them. And to spoil alert, if you haven't seen the spook hey. by the door, but he organized a bunch of gangs. Started, <laughs> You've had fifty. <laughs> you definitely yeah, just it started did. like an uprising of like guerrilla warfare, like Black Liberation. You got, you got to see. It's like actually the, the rawest movie ever made. So it sounds it sound dope. <laughs> so like, it could be that. Today. Yeah. It, it could be. It could be you. And now we did kind of spoil it up top. If you're gonna do that, but <laughs> but what interestingly, just a quick side note on that. What happened with that movie was. Uh, the studio under pressure from the CIA killed all the promotion budget and it only premiered on like four screens and then that the filmmaker was never allowed to make another movie again. Mm. I didn't but, know that. Yeah. I was wondering about that. I'm like, how did they make this movie? How did he, they were allowed to make this movie? He's still alive actually. He like, thir and I think he lives in Chicago, like 35% of the things he says are just straight up brilliant and then 60% are like, Whoa! All right. that, that happens. That happens. Yeah, that'll, that'll happen. Man, we only got five minutes left. Tweak like talking. It went. That went super, super, super quick. Fast. Uh, and that's unfortunate. This happens every week. There's always so much to talk <laughs> so about. Much to talk about uh, and so before, I, I think you spit something. Before we do, we got at least. I think we got maybe two games uh, to, to to play with you real okay. quick. One is um is the most important by far. All right. Um, and so and so you know you you know the lingo. We're all about accountability here. Okay. Okay. At, <laughs> at, at Ergo Radio, right? And so I, I feel that there has been a sect of the world that I say has run amok mm -hmm. over the last, like, let's say a few decades. Okay. Um, and I think it's because nobody holds them accountable. Oh, right. Uh, so so we talk about music, you know, rappers, if, if they go out and do something and say something wrong, they, they get a whole diss track. Oh, you know definitely. What I'm saying? Somebody holds them accountable. <laughs> People on Twitter yeah, talk about how whack they are. Oh, but yeah. On Instagram. R&B singers, however, Ooh. have been able to just... Run unchecked. So what we do here <laughs> is, is we start every week beef with an R and B singer. So that's what you have to do. You're on the spot. You got you can think anytime from Motown to like the latest Trey song Dang. song or whatever. Oh uh, wow! And, 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 and you have to start beef with the R and B singer and tell us why or it, group or group. It could be out of love, uh, but we we encourage it not to be. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I gotta. Oh man, who? Just pick one. Man, y'all, why I do this to me? <laughs> one who? You know what? I'm going for Chris Brown. All right, a classic. He he deserves multiple appearances. And let's, the let's reason why. why I'm a go for Chris Brown is because of not too long ago it was an incident with R.B. singer Kalani facing suicide. Mm -hmm. And no, I don't know the whole story with her and what's his name, Kyrie Irving, about him cheating, her cheating, whatever the case may be. She was at a very low point mm -hmm. and she literally wanted to take her life. And for Chris Brown to go publicly and on talk media. on social media and it talk really to her ain't. and say, oh, man, shit's fake. She's just doing it for attention. Like, bro, who are you? You're not even dating her. You're not in a yeah, relationship, bro. You. you just want nah, to. He just wanted to, he just to, wanted to do something, yeah. right? And and look at this. Like, yo, you have a pretty little girl yourself who you didn't been through so much, so much drama to get her, right? She too will be grow up until be a woman. How would you feel if someone to someone was to do that to her? You yeah. wouldn't. He wouldn't have liked. That. I think he's a he's a perfect example of why this game exists because I always thought like. R&B was like dishonest, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's all this, oh, let me love you, baby. But it's really like, <laughs> but really, you know, like, it's nah, David Ruffin. Really they were like super that. patriarchal <laughs> dudes. But like now it's like, oh, let me, let me smash, but mm -hmm. I still hate you. Just like rap, right? Like with mm -hmm. the rise of hip hop, there's this like ultra, like I still want to be the cool, I hate you dude, mm -hmm. but I'm still singing about love. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. I think Chris Brown embodies that perfectly. Definitely. So, so. he's going to croon his contradiction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really interesting though. I mentioned it like. We have yet to have, I say every week, you can go from like Motown to like now. No one ever goes to Motown. Interesting. David Ruffin has gotten the full pass. I feel like he deserves it. He, he does. But for me, that, <laughs> that's, that's, that's still like, it's, it's, new, it's new for me. It's still on the brain because it's like, I was a fan of Chris Brown for so long until I started, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the stuff that he says and how he treats people. I'm like, bro, I can't rock with that. Right. But we got we to gotta go real quick. So we want to hear you spit so we get out of here. Uh, we got All Sports coming up next. This is Ergo Radio WHBK. We've been here with Tweak. We're about to hear some bars before we get up out of here. Before you rap, where can they find you on social media? Hey, y'all can add me on uh, Facebook under Tweak Harris. That's T-W-E-A-K-H-A-R-R-I-S. You can find me on Instagram under Tweak um, underscore T H E R B G, and on Facebook, I mean Twitter. I think I'm under I'm Tweak Ho. <laughs> I think it's Tweak the R B G. Uh, it it changed. Okay, okay. Well, then there's also Tweak um, T W E A K underscore the T H E R B G. All right, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. Ain't no keeping calm on them. I'm about to blow like bombs on them. Don't make me put my paws on ya. Bitch, I'm sick in the dog on ya. Hey, hey. Ain't no keeping calm on them. I'm about to blow like bombs on them. Don't make me put my paws on ya. Hey. Bitch, I'm sick in the dog on ya. Yo. Nigga, I'm the bomb. You think you're better, your mind is lying. 
Do what you do, I read out the guns. I'm the bomb, but you don't want to kill Saddam. Damn, tweak. I thought that you would keep it calm. No, so read the Psalms and read Quran. Read whatever you need when they feed the dog. Leave where you gotta be before the leash is off. You bark up the wrong bark, nigga, meet the God. Sleep on tweak, a nigga, you a sleeper shot. Tweak on tweak, a nigga, I eat your heart. Niggas need weed for the beast to start. And this nigga need weed in a league of broads and visa cards. You get the thick chips with the visa cards. I got a cougar chick and still use a VCI, a CNA She just learned CPI, my GMA says I'm a biggest star I keep tools in the shed like I work on cars But I work on bars, then swerve from cars That you can't afford, you in a crowbar for a flat photo for it Show no remorse to fuck boys so don't get the picture Slick talk to the click, the nigga bound to get you Let's get it nigga Hey, hey, yo, that was the hardest lie of Ergo performance history. I got a cougar that still use VCIs. You a, you a dog tweet. We got to get up out of here. We running late. This is Ergo Radio. Much love to the people. We finna be at the Lighthouse. Check us out on 53rd Street. We'll be back next week with another strong young voice. Tweet, thank you so much. Yo, Peace. yo, love.